going down. That looks killing, man. That looks <laughs> oh, killing. It's so fun. I mean, I was just I was just hanging out. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm playing it all the time. I'm playing it a lot, and I think I think it sounds pretty good too. Oh, all right, that's the neck. Here's bridge. And you can, what kind of vibes it got? Is it all of its own? Is it something that I don't know. When, you, when you play it, does it remind you of something, Dude, or is it just you like tell me completely out there? Then it's got like a you combine both pickups and it's a jazz bass. Right, you hear that mid-scooped thing? Yeah. yeah. But then you put them in series, almost sort of like Rickenbacker-y or something, but then the, yeah. the pickups by themselves, the neck pickup, just has this warmth to it. I don't know, but still mid-range. And then the bridge pickup is also like super useful. Quite barky, isn't it? Yeah, man, I don't know, I've been... I've been really enjoying it, man. I've been doing some baritone, you know, <laughs> doing this stuff with it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, by the way, I'm cracking open the wine. Dude, crack it <laughs> open. Crack it open, man. I've got a. We're, we're doing this. We're doing this in the evening. I'll tell you what a what a coffee um, addict I am. I've got I've got a cup of coffee in. You know, it's. 2.30 in the afternoon. I suppose that's not terrible, but I, I, I'm i that guy that drinks coffee like up into the, you know, like up into bedtime. It's not, it's not good. Yeah, well, since you told me about your coffee addiction, like I thought I was bad and then you kind of like, you know, revealed yourself to the world and you're like, oh, <laughs> I, I drink coffee at, I don't know, like whatever time of night, like yeah. three in the morning on the way back from a gig and stuff. I was like, huh. And, and, and since then I've had like, you know, my coffee addictions went like even yeah, it's worse. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it, <laughs> so gone to a new level. It's totally your fault. I'm like, well, Ian has one at like so I'm like I I'll have one at six thirty. I'm not I'm not freaking joking. I'm like, I'm having coffee at six thirty because of you. <laughs> it's just like we're just enabling each other. Like it's just pretty soon. Also, dude, you just got another base. You ordered another base recently. I feel like now I'm I did. And I'm like, oh, Scott got that base. Maybe I should. Oh my god. Dude, here we go. <laughs> it's just like, Matt, yeah, I did order that bass. Maybe that was actually subconsciously. Maybe you getting that new bass pushed me towards getting this new bass. <laughs> don't, like, don't I don't you know. Put like, that on I, me. <laughs> I haven't thought about that until you mentioned it. Then I was like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've ordered a. It's. I think you pronounce it man. It's M A double N E. And it's a ridiculously awesome, but also ridiculous bass. It's it's like a six string. It's as alien as they come. A six string, thirty one inch scale. It's got, it's, looks insane. It's mainly, yeah, it looks insane. It's mainly piezo or piezo or however you pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. As you know, yes. And um, and and the reason why I'm getting it is because one of my favorite bass players of all time, a guy called Danielle Kamada, yeah, um, who actually went to Berkeley with Scooty Ferrison and Garrison and all of them guys. He plays one, and he just sounds so amazing on it. Yeah, that I just want to. If I can be like five percent of that, <laughs> I'm gonna have a great day. I'm gonna have a great day. It's that thing that we were talking about on a previous episode of like we know that the gear won't make us sound like these people, but 
even if there's a chance, (laughs) right? Like five percent, I'm good. That's fine. Oh, it's gorgeous, man! It's a beautiful instrument. I'd never even heard of him before, so I I need to do my research. Have you heard Danielle play? No, no, I have not. And and I know you and uh, Herrera and Jonathan Herrera were talking about it in the chat. And uh, I mean, I I need to get hip to that, man. I'm just I'm just seeing if I can find him on here. Please. He's not really a, like I say this, like me from from the best place possible. He's not really a bass player. He's just sort of like musical entity yeah. to himself. Yes, yes. He's just this. He's like saying he's a bass player in somebody's head that just puts the wrong seed. Right. right? It just um, like he's a musician and an artist that happens to get his ideas out on the bass. Oh. What? It's, it's, yeah. Oh, dude. It's bonkers. Do you know what it reminds me of, Scott? Because you you started out... Did you ever play classical guitar? Mm. You yeah, did, I did, right? Yeah. I feel like it, it gives me a little bit of that, like, nylon um, yeah. classical acoustic sound almost. And that's the... See, I've always said piezo, but I, I feel like that's the incorrect pronunciation. <laughs> I've got no idea. I know. That sound, man, you know, I actually used to have um, one of those PVB quad fours. It was Brian Bromberg's signature bass yeah. that he made with yeah. PV. And it had those, it had those transducers in the saddle. I'm not going to say the P word anymore because <laughs> now I'm self-conscious <laughs> about how I pronounce <laughs> it. But um, it had that big, wide, amazing range, and you could use nylon strings with it. I never did that, but I liked the idea that I maybe could, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. boy, I strung that up as a piccolo at one point, and I actually made like a little Christmas EP just for my family of sort of like rearranged, oh, you know, like uh, sort of sad sounding, ominous, you know, t- took everything that was in the re- in major key and made the like relative minor like chord changes and you know, <laughs> yeah, made this yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. made this sort of melancholy Christmas EP on piccolo bass. <laughs> but it was it oh, was that what, instrument. Did I dig it? Yeah, man. Did I dig they, it? They, yeah. My yeah. mom still. I mean, you know, and and I think my mom. Mom started to listen to this podcast, which is hilarious. But mom, she still rocks hey, that, man. She puts it, <laughs> she puts it in uh, her her five disc changer, you know, and she'll spin that at Christmas, which is which is pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Oh, amazing! <laughs> yeah. a, a, a side note, yeah. All right, how good is Brian Bromberg, dude? What the Di- what? Uh, Brian Bromberg, um, I got. I was introduced to Brian at a jazz festival that my parents used to take me to, or my, my mom used to take me. My mom and stepdad used to take me when I was in um, junior high. And I just remember I was into metal and, and hip hop. And and so I was not really interested in the music. And then this guy, Brian Bromberg, was there, right? And he just blew my mind playing. He, he was on upright um on the main gig so they would they would do these you know master classes and stuff during the day at this festival but then would do these like uh big concerts at night incredible i mean i got to see elvin jones play drums i got to see you know herb ellis on guitar there was um, oscar peterson you know and i just didn't know (laughs) yeah it was it was crazy and brian was always the house bass player and he he would play upright on all that. And then when he would get a solo, he would tap and do all that insane, like two-handed yeah. stuff on upright too. And so then he, I got he really did an album interested. called Wood. Yeah, he did an album called Wood. It's a solo double bass album. It's 
bonkers. It's bonkers. It's like, it's yeah. like every time I watch Brian Bromberg, uh, so even though everybody knows who he is, well, no, that's a lie, actually. Everybody doesn't know, like, all of the, sort of, like, the base geeks know who he is, right? Yeah. But when I watch him, every time I'm like, my first thought is, well, my first thought is, this is bonkers. Yeah. My second thought is, why is he not more well-known? I, I know. I, just, he, I really think that he's, like, hidden hidden away somewhere, and I'm not sure why. He it should insane. be so well-known. I, th- I think maybe because he's really embraced that, like, smooth jazz lane. I feel like he never really tried to break out of that, which which was so interesting because he just sort of decided that that was his thing. And I, I really commend him for that. I mean, I, and, and I think in a way, you know, like you've got a guy like Corey Wong who's really embracing the smooth jazz thing with, you know, with Dave Koz and stuff. And, and yeah, Brian was Dave just Cosman, almost like yeah. a little like before his time. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like yeah, embracing yeah. the smooth jazz thing and, and really, really um, identifying with it. Did I ever tell you I took a when I was 15, maybe even 14, my mom was able to get in touch with Brian's manager, who, whose name at the time was Lucille. I don't remember her last name, but she got me a lesson with Brian at this wow. at this jazz festival. And I'll never forget, man, I went into the to the hotel and Brian was like, yeah, come on in. And he hung with me for for a couple hours and man it 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 really changed my life he i mean we've we've had um discussions before on this podcast about mm. teaching experiences and i told you that story about my first teacher who was really <laughs> yeah. really abusive <laughs> and Bri- yeah, brian was like a, brian yeah. was unreal he did this thing where he was like play something for me and i slapped something for him you know like fast and frantically just to just to, like dear god please think i'm good you know that thing we do like as teenagers <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know and he he was so sweet and said like oh you know i can see that you have potential and said some really nice things and then he said what do you want to do today and i said i want to know how you do that tapping thing where you put a hand up here and and the other hand here and you do that and he said well okay hang on a minute do do you know how to make a chord on the instrument and i said no and he said oh well let me show you this you know when i do this down here on the bass i'm playing the root and the fifth and up here i'm playing the seventh and the tenth which is just a third an octave higher do you know what any of that means yeah. and i said no and he said well that's what we're going to do today and he said because without that the tapping makes the tapping is um not not even relevant and I said, okay. Yeah. And I remember You're going to be worrying about the icing and you're going to have no cake. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I remember being, I remember being sort of like disappointed because I wasn't going to get the trick, <laughs> you know, yeah. but he changed. I mean, he really changed my life in that two hour block. He showed me how to play all those, you know, like root seven, um, 10 chords, how to like move yeah. through two, five, one progressions. I mean, this is something that I was playing, you know, rock and roll with a pick and he was like, you know, check this out. And I think we even dove into modes a little bit and it really wet my appetite for theory because I could see how he applied it and that it wasn't about the technique, that it was about the chord thing. And dude, check this out. So classy, get done with the lesson. He gave up a ton of his time. And my mom was there, I'll never forget this, with her checkbook. And she said, oh, you know, Mr. Bromberg, you know, thank you so much. Um, What do I owe you? And he said, oh, it's on me. It was really, really nice to work with him. And thanks a lot. You know, and she didn't charge us. It was like, amazing. God, dude. I mean, Brian, if you're out there, man, oh, like it really, Absolutely. it was like course correcting, 
trajectory altering. It, it was a huge, huge moment for me. Like, big deal. Wow. Yeah. He gave you a glimpse inside the Matrix, right? Yes, he did. Yep. Big time. That's what I've been. I've been kind of sort of like playing with that analogy over the last few weeks. <laughs> and I think it's. Be, I think it's because the Matrix is coming up for. We're not a re-release. They're, they're releasing this new, um, this new kind of uh, film, aren't they? Is it coming next year? I the think new so. Matrix film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they're releasing. So maybe it's sort of I've been blasting around on YouTube ads and I've been seeing these sort of like glimpses of the Matrix, and 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 it's and it's obviously a fantastic film as well but i was thinking about when people first start to get to grips with um like harmony and understanding like two five ones or one five six four understanding what that is and then understanding how bass lines are constructed from that like how do you actually describe that to somebody who doesn't know who, who you know you're you're kind of sort of like saying like there's this thing you need to sort of like cross over this bridge and all of this good stuff's on the other side of the bridge right. and you're on this and you're on the you're on the wrong side of the bridge so you need to come across here with me but it might not seem so sexy but trust me when you get to the other side of the bridge it's it's you know the grass is greener over here yes and i was thinking about this but but and using the analogy of it's actually like looking inside the matrix as a musician it's maybe a better analogy because it really is. It's because it's like you open the open the matrix. You put your head inside, and you're like looking, around and you're like, "Holy shit! Yes. Everything makes sense." All the in code is scrolling. Why. This <laughs> yeah. is the code, and all of the code yeah. is actually like chord tones and modes. Yes, you right. know, and and you're like looking inside, and you're like, "Oh, I get it now." And you step inside the matrix, and then you can really understand how everything. It's constructed like something I've been doing recently because my kids have been learning piano is that I've been teaching them, um, teaching them songs on the piano and I've been, and they listen to all of the pop songs, right? They listen to everything from, um, Sia. So they're, they're sure. really into Sia yeah. and they're really into like everything right down to Billy Joel, right? They listen to, you know, everybody right across the, uh, across the board and, I'm like playing Sia songs and I'm playing Billy Joel songs for them. I'm just like, this is exactly the same shit. Yes. It's just, it's, and, and now I know that people are like, oh yeah, we've only got 12 notes. Yes, yes, yes. But no, seriously, it's the same. It's all the stuff. same. It's just, it's the same stuff with a different melody, with a different production quality, and it sounds completely different. It's, yep. it's, it really is, you know, there's only a handful of notes. There's only a handful of no chords meaning that we can only generate so many different permutations of those chords yeah. in different orders. And once you realize that, but not only realize it, but understand it because you've looked inside the matrix and you're like, oh, I get this now. It, that's when everything clicks. For that sure. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, a, I'm excited for people that don't, that haven't had that before. Oh, right. Because there's really this great when they get it. That's coming. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. yeah. I remember yeah, feeling yeah. that way when I understood, when I finally understood what a 16th note subdivision was. I remember I could kind of feel if something was going boom, like I could feel that, yeah. but I didn't know that it was one e and a two e and uh, right? I didn't know. And then when someone yeah. explained that to me, I was like, oh. 
And I remember, you know, there's that scene in the Matrix. All those bullets are coming at Keanu, right? And then he just was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everything slows down. And then he's able to just yeah. pick them out of the air, you know, and they all fall to the ground, yeah, right? Exactly like, that, yeah. That's what I felt like. I remember feeling that way when someone was like, oh, no, these are all just, you know, there's just 16, you know, grid pieces. There's a one and an E and an and and an uh, and the same for two, same for three, same for four. I was like, What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you, and you so can just powerful. choose which to play on. Yes. You can choose which to play on, just like him picking the bullets exactly. out. Yeah. You can just choose which to play on, which not to play on. And it's just, yeah, it's great, isn't it's it? It's so great. And it never felt to me like, oh, no, now the mystery is gone. Like you, you, on a previous episode, you had talked about when you studied with Willis, when you studied with Schooly, like they're all doing the same thing and no, none of them had any secret material. And I remember I asked you, did that make you sad? Or did, were you like, oh no, these guys don't have the answer. You said no, to the contrary, I realized that it's all the same and that I have that too, you know, mm, that yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. all, um, it's all the same stuff that we're doing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And un it can be, it can go the other way as well, can't it? Because I think that it is really when you think when you think about it like this, it's unbelievably simple in 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 many ways. On the flip side of that, you can study this stuff for you know fifty lifetimes. Yeah, that's why that's wildly interesting as well. Oh, for sure. But it's so simple in in so many in so many ways, but then so deep and expansive in other ways. It's Yes, yeah. and, and it never, yeah, it never ends. Can anybody tell that we're doing this podcast a little bit later than usual? I've got the wine. Dude, you I, need love a cigar. It, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, but you're right, man. Just when you think, right? Just when you think, aha, uh -huh, I have it. I have the secret. I have the, you know, I, I know how to do this. Then like, oh man, now there's conical or there's, you know, some other style or genre or something, or, or you hear someone like that, that player you just played for me at the beginning of the episode, like what is happening? And I mean, wait a minute. Are you sure there are 13 notes? Because that guy sounded like he had access to 13, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, like, that, that extra spicy wow, one. Wow, <laughs> yeah, like, man. And it and it is. It's this never-ending thing. I remember when my kids, my uh, daughter Everly was taking Taekwondo. She's really into it for a number of years. And there was a thing. I love this. I've thought about it a lot since. But it said um, one of the tenets of the you know particular Taekwondo dojo that she was at was... Um, Taekwondo, the pursuit of Song Mu Kwan, which was the particular style, is a lifelong pursuit. And that's one of the things that they tell the students at the beginning, which I thought was like, wow, man. Like, as educators, sometimes we don't say to people, oh, well, you know, welcome. Now it's your whole life. You know, we're very focused on yeah. you know, getting getting results really quickly, and which is great. But there is this thing that I really love and resonate with that like, wow, I mean, this thing is forever. You can constantly be learning. You can constantly be finding new things that have never crossed your path or your mind. Absolutely, and I think that's yeah. just I th fascinating. I think the martial arts, like I haven't, I did some martial arts when I was a kid up until, well, I did like a bunch of it. For anybody that knows anything about martial arts, I got to like third brown belt, in wow. karate, which is like one, yeah, but sort of like damaged both my knees <laughs> and ended yeah. up doing physio for like 18 months or two years or whatever. Anyway, and my brother was really into it as well. So it was my, cause my dad was into it and my uncle was into it and the whole thing. But, um, 
and, and we did it, and I never really thought about the. I just, I guess, I was a kid, so I was just like doing yeah. what I was told to do, right. th- and that was the end, right? But watching my kid do it, so my, both my kids are doing it, and what's really interesting, I think, to your point, is that they've got this kind of like discipline vibe. It's serious. Yeah. It's and my eldest really vibes from that. Mm-hmm. Like he loved, and he's not. I don't know what it is, but he's just drawn to it. He really likes the kind of the mellow kind of vibes when he goes in the dojo and the, the sensei is kind of sort of like serious. And me and my wife were like, like a bit, a little bit weirded out by it. We're not in a bad way, but we're just like, wow, we just didn't expect him to be really drawn to that. And because he's super skitty, he's like eight years old and he's just like batty and crazy. But this specific thing, for whatever reason, all of the stars aligned in the way that they position it, in the way the sensei teaches it, the things like this is a lifelong, you know, there's the belt system, there's yeah. the white, there's the yellow, the orange, the green, and he really digs that. He really loves to know the path that he's working towards. He wants to know how long it's going to take him. He wants to make that shorter. He wants to know if he can hack it. You know, that all of these things, I think, that um, line up to create something that's really great. And I think that that style of discipline can be a real positive thing as well for kids. Oh, for Um, sure. I'm not really sure where I was going with it, but... We were just... Yeah, I I just think it's really interesting that all of those little elements can can draw you towards it and i think that maybe maybe music could you know use a little bit of that as well oh for sure because i think that you know we're arty and we like things to be free and easy but i think that the discipline side of it is really important in fact great segue because we obviously spoke yesterday and what we wanted to talk about today is motivation yeah right and and I've been doing my homework. I've been thinking about this. I I've love been it. Really thinking about <laughs> motor. You were like, just for just for context, everybody. I was like, Ian, what should we talk about? He was like, motor. Somebody contacted you, didn't they? Yeah. And they were actually. You tell the story. You tell oh yeah. Story. Well, it was actually Anita put it um, put up a thread in the campus. So at SBL, there's this campus where tons of people, members, students hang out, and you know, there's all kinds of challenges. There's a program that Scott and I do there called Student Focus where, you know, you can submit uh, yourself playing something and then either Scott or I, we tag team giving feedback to it. And it's really cool. I haven't drank all this tonight, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) In case, uh, like, if anybody's watching this... Just judging you so hard. Just just the last drop, dude. (laughs) I'm getting every last drop out of there, but this is... This half of this went last night. Uh, I a, oh, I love it. Yeah. Funny old week. We've all been ill in our family, except me, actually. So I'm, I've been dealing with two really grumpy, ill kids oh. and a grumpy, ill wife. Oh. And I've just been running. Yeah, it's been. We, we're actually supposed to be on holiday right now. Oh. We're to ca- cancel the holiday. Oh, and everybody's no. grumpy. And I'm just. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, last night I was just like, oh. I need a wine. And then t- tonight, you know, I, I, I messaged you, didn't I? Yeah. I messaged, I was like, dude, I need, I need 15 more minutes. Well, I needed 15 more minutes because my youngest was in tears. Oh. She's like snotting everywhere. Oh, poor winter. Took her, I'm, I'm, I'm walking her up and down the street to help her with fresh air. Oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm texting you while I'm in the street. <laughs> holding it, you know what I mean? I bring her inside. I'm sitting it. I put the TV on. To, t- to help take a mind off it. My wife walks in. She's like, 
what's the TV on? It's eight o'clock. I'm like, dude, listen, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, and oh. so when I, yeah, and then I got got her to bed, and I was like, right, give me the rest. Yeah, hold it. Where's that <laughs> so bottle? That's what Where's that bottle? Yeah. Anyway, oh, it's all good. So, so this, yeah, so this guy messaged in the campus, didn't? He? Yeah, yeah, and I and, think and what was he? What um, was he saying? He said he was asking about motivation, and specifically, so this is a guy that has submitted to the student focus program before, is really on it, right? Records records his instrument. I don't know how to say the name, but I think um, I think it's Bangra. I, I I think that's maybe how you'd say it, but. Um, I hope you wouldn't mind if if we talked about this. Uh, but he was just sort of saying, "Do apologize if you do mind." <laughs> he was like, "Do not talk about this. <laughs> do not air my, um, you know." Yeah. But but I think I think it's actually um, something that so many people struggle with. And then when actually someone admits the struggle, right, and is vulnerable enough to say. Hey, what do you do? Because we all want to say like, oh no, we all want to be posting on social media and playing in our bands and recording music and you know, oh, and showing the world that we're busy. And so there is a there is a bravery and a vulnerability that it takes to say, oh, I'm just not feeling it, right? And yeah. um, he was sort of asking, you know, other people and me um, how th- how we feel about that. Do we ever? feel lack of motivation. He was even saying something about how when he's even playing his favorite bass lines or uh, working through stuff that he really enjoys, he's just not into it, doesn't really want to pick up the instrument even and kind of like, ugh, um, and just sort of wanted to put that out there and see what people thought about it. And so I've been thinking a lot about it, and I'm sure you have thoughts about it too. Um, but the first thing that I wanted to say and I haven't actually responded to that thread yet, but you know, this podcast will be a, a response. Um, the first thing I wanted to say is, boy, don't judge yourself when you're not feeling it. Instead of thinking, oh, I should be, oh, I'm comparing myself to all these other people who are, oh, like mm-hmm. I should be motivated. Why am I not? The first thing I think is to let go of any negative feelings of judgment of should or shouldn't, or oh, if you don't feel it, that's bad. Or right? yeah, yeah, for sure. like to think about, well, it's okay to not feel it. You don't have to feel it every day of your life as intensely as the day before. Um, and in fact, that may actually be healthy <laughs> to not yeah. feel this burning desire to p- play this odd thing, you know, made out of wood and metal. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. maybe that's actually healthy not to always feel that burning desire. And I think that maybe if you, first of all, give yourself a bit of a pass and not judge yourself on not feeling motivated, that may help some of the baggage and you may actually start to feel that motivation again coming up sooner than you would if you were constantly just berating yourself for not being more motivated, right? That's the first thing. But I'd love to know too, um, I have things that I think about to stay motivated and, and I think little, you know, tips or tricks or things that I do when I'm not feeling motivated. But I also, I mean, I know you've got, you've got thoughts on this. I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. I, I went deep with this man. Yeah. He sent me on, on a kind of, um, I'm just making another note actually. Um, it sent me on this kind of weird, I just kind of like explore myself again, sort of like exploring my own psychology around this. And you know what? 
The, fir- the first thing I thought of when you said motivation, I was like, yeah. Mm. The first thing that I thought, and I- I'm going to just, I can only speak my truth, right? So I, I can obviously give, you know, maybe tips and tricks of how somebody could get motivated. I've just written one down, but I'll, I'll speak my truth just to give you sort of like through the lens that I'm looking through, how I emotionally yeah. think about it. I So two things to, to begin with. I feel that motivation for me at least, right, is wildly overrated. Oh. I just think it's wildly overrated for me. And then after thinking about it more and more, I actually question whether I've ever been motivated to do anything. Wow. Wow. I actually, really, I, I'm, I'm not actually sure I have. I'm not actually sure I have been. And then as I thought about it deeper and deeper, I started to question whether motivation is is like a sec is a cause of something else it's like a secondary it's a secondary thing yeah it's coming from something else you are i'm not hey i'm feeling motivated today (laughs) you know and when i was thinking about myself i was thinking why do i why would somebody say i'm motivated Mm. because i don't feel if i really think about it that I've ever been motivated. I don't see, feel like I've been motivated. I feel that, and this is why I started questioning, well, if I haven't been motivated, but I'm really driven to do things, mm. then if it's not motivation, what is right. it? Right. So somebody might look at me and think, he is a motivated individual. That's how I but feel. Been, yeah, but if it's been driven by something else, then it's kind of sort of like questionable whether I'm a, a, a motivated individual or whether there's just some other thing driving that, what could be classed as motivation. Sure. But the motivation is just secondary. So, for instance, um, one thing is that I've got, like, a really obsessive personality. I've mentioned that to you before. Yeah. I've got a really obsessive personality. So, for me, if I'm not really obsessed about the thing, I am not ever going to be – it's going to – I can't ever imagine myself, like – getting motivated to do it <laughs> you know it's like yeah i'm just that individual where I, i'm either all in and really super obsessed about it or i'm screwed or you're not and i'm it. not gonna be it and i'm not doing right. it. right i'm just because i'll be obsessed about something else and i want to do that thing right. so for me personally like the obsession about something is a key driving force to doing it why somebody might think oh he's motivated it's actually that i'm just kind of sort of like super obsessed about something and just to put it out there and loving it yeah you know most of the time but it's definitely it, it just it but it's not all the time i'm not it's it's much more obsession than kind of sort of like yeah i'm loving this it's kind of <laughs> this, this obsessive need this obsessive need to sort of like go after the goal, whatever the goal is. So that's the first thing. I feel like just, just an aside to this, I feel like you may have a negative connotation with the word motivation Mm. because whenever you're saying it, you're saying it in kind of this jokey, like, ah, I'm so motivated, kind of like a self-help kind of poking at that a little bit. Do you feel like the word is a bit of a red herring or, or a bit of a, like a, uh, like a, a tent pole or a, <laughs> I don't know, like a, like a sign of like a red flag maybe of like, Oh, something that's maybe a little bit cheesy or a little bit uh, sales driven or like, where do you, where does the negative connotation for you come from with the word? I think it's because I never, it's not, I don't feel negative about motivation. I feel like I'm just not sure whether I've ever been motivated or, or, 
I, I feel like I have been motivated, but I've been motivated by obsessive behavior. I've been motivated by fear mm. as well. So like, do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. the, the motivation is actually fueled by fear. So I can speak to that as well. Yes. So for me, um, so let's talk about sort of like growing SBL for instance. Sure. I, I, it's, it's, you know, I'm motivated to do so, but I'm mo- motivated definitely by obsession, but definitely by fear as well. I'm fear of, and and the fear for me is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Do not fuck this up. Right. Do not take your foot off the gas. You have to do great with this. There's too many people relying on you. You've. It's, I mean, like as I'm saying it, this is all kind of like it's fear based, isn't sure, it? It's like sure. do not fuck this up. Right. Just like and and so it's when so when I'm sort of like and and, and just to put it out there. It's not negative. I don't feel negative about this. I don't feel down about it. I don't feel like I shouldn't feel like this. Sure. Like, I'm actually, I dig it. I'm like, I like it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, I'm on the sort of like the track and I'm and I'm pumping along, you know, <laughs> never ran anywhere, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I was doing that, you know, I imagine sort of like a lot of those guys and girls that do track sports or sports in general, a lot of their driving um, the lot of the lot of the, uh, the, the motion that's driving them will be fear as well. Somebody else kicking their ass. Yes, you know why is Lewis Hamilton out there training so much? Because he's probably a little afraid of somebody kicking his ass. <laughs> There's always this fear base. So people are like, oh, he's so motivated, but why? Right. Like, what's the un- that's that is a secondary cause of something else. Oh, I like what that is the a lot. Underlying the underlying emotion, so obsession, um, fear, um, and. And then in amongst that, I think that, um, like me specifically talking to my truth, I'm really disciplined as well. Mm. So I'll, I will never, the, 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 the obsession, the fear, and the discipline will always just make me, I'm, I'm never, if anybody's been to the gym or anything like that, and then sort of like, you know, you wake up at five o'clock, I haven't been this guy, but I imagine some people wake up at five o'clock in the morning, they really don't want to go to the gym, but they're going to do it anyway. And they do it anyway because they're obsessed and because of the fear, probably there'll be an element of fear in there and they're disciplined. Yeah. So they make themselves do it even though they don't feel like it. Sure. And, I, and it's the, maybe the, these three things, and maybe there's more, but in, in the time that I've been thinking about it since you mentioned it, it was those three things. It was obsession and fear and discipline yeah. that really push me personally to look like a motivated person or give me the motivation to actually go and do the thing. I love this idea that motivation is a secondary trait, that it isn't the thing, right? It's the... <laughs> And maybe when you said, you know, I've never, I don't know if I've ever been motivated in my life, like that thing of like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, here we go. We're racing up the mountain that it's not that, that it's more like, well, I don't want this person to beat me up the mountain. Um, I know that I need to get up the mountain because I've been doing it for the past six weeks and I'm, I'm moving toward a goal. That seems Mm -hmm. to me like a discipline thing seems to me to be in a larger context. Would you agree with this? That discipline is about... Um, you're working toward something, whether that's just an overall sense of health, you want to be around longer for your kids, you're training for a race, you you have a yeah. weight loss goal. There's some kind of goal right at the end of this thing versus the just like, well, in, in terms of music versus the like, well, I just want to get better. 
man, when students say that to me, like, hey, what do you want? What do you want to do? And they say, I just want to be better. I'm like, Ugh, because it feels like I love if someone <laughs> says, I want to put out five pieces of content a day or, or, or per week is what I mean. Or I want to join a cover band and play, you know, funk tunes in six months. I love that yeah. stuff, right? Because then it's a, <laughs> then it's a goal. You know, at the beginning of this, um, many episodes ago, we talk about this uh, SBL bike ride that we, <laughs> you know, who knows, yeah, right? Yeah. But that, to me, I mean, that said, I still haven't been back on the Peloton. <laughs> but but if you say to me, <laughs> I'm going to put it on you again. If you say to me, <laughs> this is happening, Allison. Lord knows that will be the fear, <laughs> like the fear, it's the of, fear, isn't it? Dude, of Rufus Philpot just cycling away from me so fast, <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, like I don't need to win. I don't need to win, but I need to be able to hang. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, I need to be yeah. on the bike enough to hang, right? So that would be my motivation. And and motivation would be very secondary. The thing would be a goal. It would need to have the discipline piece would be a big deal because there's a thing that we're trying to train for. And and do you think that music is similar to um, athletics in that way? Do you need to have a goal? I think the psychology is, I think psychology is the same across the board in many ways. So I think that, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that um, if if somebody's feeling like a lack of motivation, they need to look a layer deeper. Yeah. So when you were talking about the bike thing, why get on? Why train? Right. Why train when you got? Because you you don't want to be the guy right at the back. You don't want. <laughs> I mean, like you just don't. Yes, of right. course, you want to be able to hang, right? Yeah. You, want to, you don't want to be the letdown. Well, why? Do, but why don't you want to be the letdown? Because it's scary. Yeah, because right. People will be like, you, you'll let people, I mean, so my point is that, and all of this is going to motivate you, which is why people talk about, you know, when you, to your point, I think, you know, setting goals is really important to motivate yourself. Um, and I know in terms of, you know, fitness, et cetera, like that, it's a, a big deal to actually kind of um, put it out there to your friends, yeah. post pictures of yourself doing it to keep yourself accountable. Right. And people talk about that. And all of this is kind of, you know, it's it's the causes that make you motivated. It's the, it's the root causes. So I think if anybody's really struggling with feeling motivated, they need to look a layer deeper. They can't feel that it's not just, I'm not feeling motivated. It's like, okay, well, What's happening underneath? Yeah. What? And I mean, the scary question maybe is, do you actually like this? <laughs> right? Mm. I mean, that's something that's where, true. you know, I think that for a lot of people, and not to say that anybody that isn't feeling, it's not to put anybody on blast and say that if you're not feeling motivated, that, oh, you just don't like this. You, you just don't have the love inside. But I do wonder if people sometimes think about um, their trajectory in music and maybe things aren't happening for them. And then they start to feel this lack of motivation and really, I don't know, do they, do they really want to be doing this particular thing is, is playing music or is playing this particular instrument or this style, not really bringing you joy. I think that stuff is hard for people to be honest about because they've had a picture built in their mind of who they are and what they want to be. And maybe to say, oh, you know what? 
I thought I was a blues bass player or what, you know, whatever it is. And I'm just finding that I don't like it. And boy, the sooner yeah. that you can admit those truths to yourself, right? Yeah. The sooner I think it, you might be able to find happiness. And maybe it isn't about motivation. Maybe it's more about truth. It's like you said, it's digging into that, that layer beneath that can be painful and can seem exposing, right? It is, yeah. It's, it is exposing. And I think that that's why... We kind of really don't think about it. I've never, I've ne honestly, I've never really thought about it until you asked me that question. Mm. Like, well, you didn't really ask me that question. You were like, let's talk about motivation. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been motivated. It's always been driven by something else. And that was, that was interesting to me. I think that, I think that, so say somebody's really feeling unmotivated, yeah. right? Say somebody's feeling really motivated. I think that one of the, I was just thinking about it then, one of the, a really fun way to, to play with this is if you are feeling unmotivated, um, how can you put yourself in a real scary situation Ooh. where you're actually at risk of letting people down? Ooh, that's or, great. Yeah. So for instance, let's say we're a musician, right? So, uh, well, I'm a musician, but let, let's say we're, you know, <laughs> yeah. keeping it more on the music side than, yes. the, than, the, than the fitness side. <laughs> Isn't it funny that neither of us do fitness <laughs> and we're talking about fitness. <laughs> Maybe it's just because we've got some sort of like inner, inner longing. We're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh but maybe, maybe it's not, man. Maybe we've just got like inner beasts that are ready to come out. Yeah, just like, oh, just, yeah. just we get so jacked. We're just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so imagine sort of like a musician. They're feeling, they're in a funk. They're feeling unmotivated. Um, well, now that we, I think that we're probably all on the same page in terms of that fear can be a big driver for motivation. How about putting yourself in a real scary situation? Yeah. So if you've never played in a band before, go get in a band. Yes. Go get in a band and start doing rehearsals or go do some um, auditions or, I mean, like put yourself out there with a real risk of failure. Because I think that when you do that, I think that the lack of mo motivation Honestly, like I think, like I've been in, the, so just to put it on me again, um, I've been in those situations where I have had to dig deep and, you know, lean on that discipline and just kick my own ass and be like, no, do the work, do the practice, mm. don't care, don't care if you, if you, um, if you don't want to do it, just do it. I've, I've been there. Yeah. I've also been in a situation where I'm like, you need to learn 20 tunes for like three days time. Yes. You know, I've been there and trust me in those three days, I'm not thinking, oh, you know, you've got I'm to lean so on the discipline. Unmotivated. All of that is just gone. Yeah. All of that <laughs> shit just disappears. Dude, You're just like, fight oh, or flight. Shit. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, and, and honestly, it's a great, if, if you think about motivation or one of the key factors of um, causing motivation can be fear, well, what scary situations and pressure situations can you, can you put yourself in to actually just interge interject, in interject, not interject, inject, sorry, yeah. inject that fear yeah. and that sense of like, oh shit, I need to do this into you. This is so, a really great experience. Yeah. And this is so much better advice than the advice that I gave previously, which was, eh, maybe you just don't like it. Everybody listen to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they don't like it, oh. but I'll tell you what, do, 
do that first. Yeah, and, and then if you don't like it, you yeah, don't. right, right. <laughs> but but man, if that is it's that is such great advice. I remember um, in my twenties, my mid twenties, I had an opportunity to sub for this great band in uh, Minneapolis called the Irresistibles, and they did all this kind of like deep cut R and B material. There's a wonderful bass player in town here named Nick Salisbury, and he called me and said, "Hey, man, would you would you want to do this?" And I said, "Oh," and I was excited about the opportunity to do it. I got that feeling that welling feeling of excitement that really has sort of guided me along. And uh, he said, it's a, it's a beast workload. Um, and it's not much <laughs> money. And I said, Oh, okay. What are we talking? And he said, well, it's about 70 tunes in the book. And my reading is so poor um, that I can, I'm not the guy to just open a book and, and like crank through transcriptions. I have to yeah. get this stuff in my muscle memory, in my ears. I mean, it's so prep, Prepping for a gig like that takes me more time than maybe it would take someone who's a very strong reader, right? So I'm going, oh my yeah. God, 70 tunes, okay. And I was like, what does it pay, Nick? He's like, it's a hundred bucks. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. Dollar ah, ten at you. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Like, ah, all right. And then I, I think I even said like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. But oh man, I think I, you know, even sort of like complained a little before the gig. Like, oh man, that doesn't seem like enough. And, and he said, I get it. The money isn't great, but let me ask you something. He's like, how well do you know this bag of tunes or like this style? How well, do you, how, how good and accomplished do you feel in like R&B bass playing? And I said, not very. And he said, okay, if you came to, if you went to study with someone, what would they make you do? And I said, oh God, I already know. I already know what you're doing to me. I said, they'd make me learn tunes. He said, yes. And would they pay you <laughs> to learn those tunes? I said, no, Nick Salisbury, I would pay them. He said, exactly. <laughs> he said, so think about it this way, man. He's like, you're going to get a hundred bucks to completely revolutionize the way you think about the instrument. This will give you a whole nother bag. And whether you know it now or not, your playing will go like, like click to a next yeah. level if you learn this and you do this thing. And he was, of course, 100% right. That's and, so interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I did not need motivation <laughs> to do this. Because, oh my God, man, Mick Sterling, who is this incredible singer in Minneapolis, is the band leader, and he's going to know, man. He's going to know if I did the work yeah. or not. You know, I want to get called again, right? I want these people to like me. I want to hang out on the breaks and be talking about music and talking about life with these people, and right? So, boy, it was unfamiliar, and it was an incredible amount of work, but it led to other other gigs, bigger opportunities, other things, yeah. you know, more money, right? And and um, I never would have been, quote unquote, motivated to do that on my own. Yeah. I needed. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. You, need the, you just need the push, don't you? You yes. just need the push. I needed you to need say yes. Like to a low money gig. To be ripped about, ripped away from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And that's, that is such great advice because I, I have kind of been listening to people say lately, like, oh, procrastination is a great indicator of what you like and don't like. Okay, maybe that's true. But also, what if you throw yourself into a situation where you, it's sink or swim? And what if you swim? Well, will that actually create a new part of you that you really like and you didn't even know you had? Will it create this yeah. fire and this passion in you that 
that was not being stoked before you had this opportunity. I mean, it yeah. it certainly did for me. I, that's it's really good, Scott. I need to I need to remember that. <laughs> it's like throw, <laughs> throw like deep into the pool, man. Deep into the pool. That's good. Yeah. Like I think that you know I don't know. Like I was just kind of came up this with this whole thing just have you know like after i read your text last night but i think that there is something in it i think there is something in it i think that reframing what motivation actually is yeah is and, and looking a layer deeper looking at what you can do you know putting yourself out there putting yourself in a, in a scary situation making yourself accountable to other people in a real way yeah you have to learn 20 tunes yes you are going to audition for a band you are going to whatever. I mean, but actually putting yourself in a situation. So to take it back to um, the fitness thing, because we're pumped and we're jacked, <laughs> is like I'm gonna I'm gonna run a marathon. Yeah, just like I mean, like yeah, you are gonna run a marathon. Like trust me, I've seen somebody run a marathon without training. It's not freaking pretty. It's not it's pretty. like bad. It's bad. <sighs> it's bad. There's tears. Oh. You know. So and yeah so and i've and i know a lot of people that have run marathons and they've all been motivated you know by fear yes. <laughs> uh, to, to 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 do the thing so i think that it's just it's definitely worth bearing in mind i think like one positive unpainful thing yeah <laughs> we've been talking about fear we've been talking about being obsessed yeah we've been talking about being freaking disciplined yes all of this stuff right one i've got one positive like and maybe you've got some positives as well sure. but uh, of how to motivate yourself and and maybe and this for me kind of like links to the obsessive part maybe but listening to great players yeah. and finding great and just listening to great music um especially music that i am um that i would love to uh, love to play some at some point in the future yes. that really motivates me that really motivates me so to bring it back to what we were talking about before the danielle Kamada thing mm. um i like i listen to danielle i'm just like oh like that motivates yeah me. and He's just doing this thing that he's like, I'm not even sure what the guy's doing, but I know that I'm going to sit down there and I'm going to pretty, I'm going to work it out. And I'm going to just try and learn. And that motivates me wanting to expand my mind. Yeah. You know, that whole thing. And maybe, you know, if I was, you know, sitting on the, on the site couch talking to a counselor, they'd be like, well, that's still fear because, <laughs> you know, uh, you are scared of not growing as a musician. Mm. And for sure, you know, that's mm -hmm. there. But anyways, I'll put that to one side. But anyway, but listening to great music, listening to great players, uh, players has always been a real, real motivator for me. I can remember going to record stores and I can remember buying records because the cover looked cool because yeah. there was nowhere i didn't know anybody to talk to really i didn't there was no spotify there was no right. youtube i couldn't you know so i was like i can remember being in the jazz section knowing that i wanted to get into jazz and like listen like picking up this album and thinking like this is serious i was like this cover's great i'll buy it <laughs> yeah that but of let me, course. Just let me just I, put I remember that, that right? too of course yeah so so I, the cover was great and I was like, I'm going to buy this. I don't know who any of these guys are. So I bought the album. It was Dave Holland on bass, 
So I, I didn't know any of the players. It was Dave Holland on bass, Elvin Jones, yeah. and Kenny Werner, who wrote the effort, Effortless Mastery, the book. Oh. Kenny Werner on piano. I just like, I can remember putting it on and, and just listening to it and just think, and, and here's the deal. I didn't even know what they were doing. Right. And, but that motivated me. So that mode, I was like, oh, I've got yeah. no idea. Like, this sounds great. I've got no idea what, what they're doing. I just want to learn more about this. And just that sort of, like, constant, you know, doing stuff like that. The curiosity. Constantly, the curiosity, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that a lot of, just to touch on that one, one minute, a lot of the great players that I've met um, and had the uh, the honour of hanging out with and interviewing, um if there was one thing that kind of sort of like ties them all together is that they're really curious mm. and have a childlike kind of approach to what they do in that they kind of talk about bass and music with this childlike enthusiasm. Yeah. Like all of them have got that. I've not met one. Like we were talking a couple of weeks ago about Rick, Ricky Minor, right? Yeah. And we're, 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 I'm hanging out in the studio and after the interview, and the interview was kind of serious, but, but when we got the, uh, he got into the bass room, he's got, he's got this beautiful studio, he's bringing out the Ken Smiths, and he's just, he just went, he was suddenly, he was like 13 year old Ricky Minor, and he's talking about, you know, this thing and like recording with this person, like, oh, I did this with, it was, it was mind blowing. And for that one, like at that moment when I was speaking to Ricky, um, and if anybody's wondering who he is, he's, he was the guy that played bass for Whitney Houston mm. on that the massive track she did. Um, the what's the track called with uh, Kevin? Uh, uh, Kevin Coffey. I, I will always Luke love bodyguard. You. I will always love you. He was the MD for that band, and he was uh, American Idol. He was the MD for that. He's just recorded with all of these artists, and I can remember just thinking, this guy is just like a thirteen-year-old just talking about basses right. when he was specifically when he had that curiosity, he had that childlike enthusiasm. And I think that that's a really key thing to try and try and tap into and try and not lose. For sure. And I wonder for you, so, you know, when getting to know you more over this podcast, I always think about this thing you said in an earlier episode where you said, when you see someone online, the reason you will either like feature them on the SBL Instagram or not, is if you think that the world needs to know about them, period, full stop. Like, and I yeah. love that about you, that that when you see somebody that is a monster, it doesn't dig into your imposter syndrome or into your insecurity. In fact, quite the opposite. It's super inspiring to you. And you, instead of wanting to hide that away and, oh, no, 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 because, oh, I, well, what if I'm not as good as that person? You don't have any of that. You want to show people that. And I wonder now in, in this, yeah. I, I love that about you. And, and, I, and it's, that's really inspiring to me. Um, it's really, really cool. And it, it speaks to your honesty, your character and like your, your sense of self. It's really like positive (laughs) and healthy. It's really good. (laughs) Really. But, but then, you know, to hear you talk today about like, okay, you want to, is it Danny L? Am I saying that correctly? Daniel, I don't know. Okay, okay. I've never spoken to the guy, but Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. Like, like, it's Daniel, but he's he's like from Spain. So Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about like learning that material, I wonder, I mean, yes, you have this curiosity and yes, you're not intimidated by that. You want to dig in. But I wonder if part of that is because your higher purpose is to then translate that 
to other people. So you're not going to learn it just for you. You're going to get this instrument that you ordered. You're going to dig into that dude's playing. And then you're going to be able to speak about it to the community of bass players, which is maybe speaks to like higher purpose. Like because you are an educator and you're passionate about educating, I wonder if for you that motivation or that curiosity is fueled by this thing at the end of your life, which is going to be the legacy that you have left behind of teaching people about this instrument, about players, about styles, about theory, and being a good ambassador for the bass. How, what do you think of that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I think that when, when I do listen to people like that, I get really excited about, oh, how am I going to translate yes. this? <laughs> so everybody can understand it and don't and they don't have to go through the pain of of sitting there for like you know i don't know like eight weeks 12 weeks six months trying to figure this shit out yes. and i can how do i get that and kind of sort of like package it up in a way that people are like oh i get this because now there might be somebody thinking well you know it will take six months but you know come on like it, it i like to have like it, it i believe in like, creating an easy a- easy access for people yes into concepts and easy a- easy access to people into concepts so they can understand it from like not in an intellectual way into sort of like a dude way yeah. <laughs> you sure know, like yeah dude to dude dude to do that <laughs> this is what's going on right this is the shit and they're like ah, oh, i got you because i think that i don't know like it i've got a low tolerance of academia in a way yes like i really have i think that it it gets overly kind of the carrot dangling right or like the oh well you can't well you 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 can't uh you can't access this until you access this the sort of hierarchy right and elitism of academia i absolutely agree and i mean i think a lot of people see that in you that's one thing when i noticed you apart from other educators i was like oh there is someone who is willing to lift the veil and not to say that oh i'm gonna now you're gonna be a world-class player in three days it's to say i'm going to show you i'm going to demystify these things for you and then however deep you want to take them is on you yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely I i think that it's really 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 easy to make things sound complicated right and this is for everything in life not just music it's really really easy to make things sound complicated and it's actually hard to make things to simplify things and make it easy for for people to digest it's it's you know so for to make something sound complex it's actually the lazy way around Mm -hmm. it's either you're either being lazy or you're trying to make yourself feel great I'm 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 so important. I think on a higher level. Yes, like it's the it's actually the truth, and 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 it really pains me to see this happening. It happens all the time, not in music, in in everyday conversations. Right, they're either not um, not considering who they're speaking to and trying to make it easy for them to understand. And 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 I don't mean I don't mean sort of um, I don't mean think. What am I trying to say here? They're not sort of like simplifying it. My point is they're not, it's not like you're talking to somebody that's stupid. Right. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, bring this down to your level. So you, you, I mean, you 
understand. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just like, come on, like, you know, making things easy to understand and easy to grasp is way, way harder than making things sound complex. That's so true. You know, and uh, fucking drives me nuts. Yes, yes. Drives me nuts. In every day, every day. <laughs> not just in music, not just in music. Sure. In everyday conversations. I'm like, really? You have to say it like that? Right. You have to say it like that. You can't just simplify this and make everybody feel included in this conversation. Right. It's like a class system, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, uh, I'm here, you're here until you pay the dues, pay the money. Dude, yeah. Right? You will I've not be. Zero, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, I've got a very like, low tolerance of it. Yeah. It really pisses me off. Well, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, and, and then that is the driver for your education style that you see that and you're like, Ooh, it doesn't have to be this way. Right. It doesn't the, the academia doesn't have to be the ivory tower. Uh, and, and what if, what if it isn't? And what would that look like? I mean, that's been, I, I feel like you're, um, the driving force for SBL, right. Is trying to make this it thing. Is the, it, it is the thesis <laughs> that like, that really is it. Yeah. That like even sort of like day one or day zero of, SBL before there was an SBL when it was just a YouTube channel it was oh there's all of this stuff that's been actually quite hard for me to piece together mm. um and how do I how do I simplify this so it's just really easy because it's I'm not saying it's easy to it's definitely not easy to to do to execute that's true it's true but to understand it can be easier it can be easy easier a lot easier for sure can, you know than, than than a lot of people uh, package it up as and i think that that has been always my my thesis and then just to get back to what you were saying earlier is like yes i love the idea of getting these ideas that you know these things that people are doing and learning them and then getting that and kind of like reorganizing it in a way that sort of like everybody can understand it i love that but then also like I think that I have a um, a responsibility to keep learning myself mm. to be a great role model for people that are learning. In that, like, can you imagine? I, I just can't imagine um, being taught from anybody who isn't in that same cycle of learning and is inspiring you to learn. Unfortunately, you know, I can't. Imagine just so like. <laughs> well, yeah well i imagine people do are like that but 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 yeah. I mean, how much more inspiring is that if, if you if you look at your 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 guide as it were right and and your guide they're learning and they're talking about what they're learning yeah. about and they're talking about their experiences and what they're finding and how they're doing it that versus i am here come and listen to me with all my knowledge <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not very endearing, that's for sure. And I think it sort of hoodwinks kids in the beginning. I mean, that's this this whole thing is built on that, right? Like um college education, yeah. college music education too is built on the canon of classical music and jazz music very similarly like, oh, we'll hear the upper level things and we're not even going to talk about these high level musical concepts, whole tone scales and harmonic melodic minor until we get that's advanced jazz. <laughs> and and boy, it's just a <laughs> sequence of notes. Why do we have to make this advanced jazz? 
why can't yeah, I yeah. why can't I learn a Parker lick before I learn something off of um, kind of cool by Miles Davis? That's it's so silly, and and I think it's for sure exists in the classical world, and it it is big time in jazz world as well. We're like, oh no no, you're not ready, you're not ready, for this. <laughs> and then it's so. Um, it's super elitist because also who's to say that um, the one Parker lick that I learn might motivate me to make some other kind of music and that I never would have, you know, found that if I would have, well, started with the other things and worked my way up the academic ivory tower ladder. So, you know, I, I would just be like, nah, <laughs> nah. Exactly. And you will learn that Parker lick as well. And, and like he will be doing sort of like chromatic approach notes into a chord tone yeah. or whatever. And then you'd be learning a Jameson bass line. And then you're like, oh, oh, yes, dude. Same shit. Right. Same shit. Right. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It's Sia and Billy about. Joel. <laughs> yeah. Right. 12 notes. Yeah. Sia, Billy Joel. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> it's all the same. Right. And I think that, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, we're humans are, yeah, we're interesting beasts. <laughs> but we really are, isn't it? It's sort of like quite expansive, isn't it? How we can, you can think about these things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, hopefully if anybody's listening to this, we did, uh, you know, uh, I guess sort of like positioned our, our thoughts on motivation. Ian, like, have you got any, like I talked about how I, you know, have motivated myself yeah. in the past, you know, obviously through the fear and the obsession, all of that, but also through the great pay players. Is there anything that jumps to your mind where you are like, that has been sort of like consistent through sure. your I mean, career or your love of bass that has motivated you that people might want to try? Out? For sure. I think that motivation to me is tied to inspiration. So instead of thinking about it like, um, oh boy, uh, I'm not very disciplined, and I'm also not as fear-based as sometimes maybe I should be. I think that when I feel the most motivated, uh, like you say, I've I, you were saying I've never been motivated in my life, and then I'm wondering, God, have, have I also not been? <laughs> but but I think maybe you and I are, are defining it slightly differently. I think like when I'm feeling like I want to grab the instrument and really dig in, and that to me that maybe feels like motivation. When I'm feeling excited, that. I think a better word for me is inspiration. And when I'm feeling a lack of that inspiration, it is always to me about doing the hard work of diving into something new. And it doesn't have to be just listening to um, the record that, you know, my friends have been talking about for a long time. It could be, and I, I've talked about this before, watching a film. I talked about, you know, like turning the volume down and trying to play the soundtrack. Uh, there was a great article, I think Will Lee wrote it for Bass Player a long time ago, where he said, um, think about playing a phrase and try to make it sound sad. Okay, now play that same phrase and try to make it sound terrified. Now try to make it sound joyous. Now try to make it sound like, you know, the, uh, its its boyfriend just broke up with it. <laughs> like the phrase just went through a, a horrible breakup, right? So thinking yeah. about things outside of the classic shoulds, you should dig into Paul McCartney's playing with the Beatles. You should be transcribing Parker. You should, right? And all of those things are good. I'm not saying they're not good, but sometimes I get kind of this feeling like if I'm not doing the academic ivory tower work that people say, well, no, 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 you need to be. 
um, that maybe I'm not on the right trajectory and I'm not doing it. But boy, I find inspiration in so many things. Case in point, I just discovered this band called Jupiter Winter. They are so wonderful. And I found them and they have a tiny, they're like beautiful pop music. It's electronic pop music. It's super smart, great players. Um, and I found this tune and I just fell in love with it. And I knew, like, what, for me, if I fall in love with a song, I'm immediately wondering how I would play it with them live. <laughs> like, What's I immediately, the track, uh, the track is called Lifetime. And boy, uh, there's a great remix of it, too. The original version's great, and the remix is maybe even better. Um, but oh my gosh, man, it's so good. And immediately I'm thinking about crafting the sound. I just did a post on it today on Instagram because I just, I was like, ah, I have to learn how to play this. And so what happens for me is when I hear a great song, a great bass line, or something that aesthetically is really super intriguing to me, I can't, I almost drop other things and I have to like, that's the inspiration piece. Then I'm turning on pedals, I'm plugging stuff in, I'm grabbing the first bass close to me, and I can't wait to kind of try to figure this thing out. And those are the moments for me that I can't let get wasted. I don't feel that yeah. all the time. I wish I had more discipline. I wish I had more fear around, oh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to fall behind. But really what it is for me is it's about those when those pang those bright blasts of colorful inspiration happen boy i really need to prioritize that and it doesn't need Yours to be Yours sounds so much nicer <laughs> than mine you <laughs> 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 like you flowers and like alumna like over my side of the over my side of the bridge it's like well but but also hey man hey you're building you're building a base empire i'm in my i'm in my spare bedroom trying to trying to you know find the right delay sound huh? so i don't know who's doing it right dude <laughs> no man I, well i think it's a, i think it's just a great a great um, representation of just two different, yes, you know, sure ways of thinking about right. it, and I think that it's great. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, so you know, sort of like to bring it back to Bangra, and I, again, I don't know that I'm pr pronouncing that correctly. I hear you saying, Scott, like find put yourself in a scary situation that you will have no choice but to but to feel motivated for. The scare, the scare, yes. the fear will motivate you. Yes, yeah. and that is, and that is great advice. And I have for sure been there, and I know that that feels feels what about, scary what, and good. What about this man? What about this? Yeah. Man? What about what if the key thing is to actually find the thing that will cause the motivation? Yeah. So understanding that the motivation is a secondary core, yep. like a secondary thing, right? Mm -hmm. Finding the thing that will. So for some people, maybe it is fear. Yep. For some people, maybe it's whatever, and maybe that's completely personal, but For you sure. need to find the thing. You need to find the thing. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's so right. You, and you need to be really, really honest with yourself about what you like. Like, if you know that it's going to feel scary, but you're also going to get so much out of diving into that band that you need to learn all those tunes for, do that. And if you're like me, where you're like, man, I hear one song, and if it's a winner, I will... I will devote the next couple hours to just really uncovering it and unpacking that. Like that's, 
you you just it's about know thyself, right? It's it's mm-hmm. about self-awareness yeah. and self-discovery and really knowing the thing that is going to make you feel great. And then I think too to add on to that is to just not judge it. Don't like you might listen to this tune, Scott, and you might go, Oh, I don't know if that's the style that I but but like for me, I'm, I so love it that it doesn't matter what, like if everyone in my orbit likes it or not, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm confident enough to say like, boy, this is really a thing that gets me, that gets the creative juices flowing for me. And to know that about yourself and what that is for you. Oh, I mean, if that's going, you know, some painters, right, take the easel to a to a new spot every day. I mean, you know, that's such a fun thing, too, to take your bass to a different location and play. Mm-hmm. And, and again, at the beginning, I said this thing of, like, do you like it? Be honest with yourself about that. Answer that question very honestly. I think Will Lee, too, also, around that same time, he was writing that thing about, you know, play like it's pensive, play like it's furious. He also wrote a thing where he, he put... Um, one week off, the words one week off on a piece of staff. And then he had repeat signs around it. And he said, you know, repeat as necessary. Like sometimes <laughs> we, get, we get so, oh, we've got, you know, we've got to be digging into player's path, right? We have to be learning all the tunes for the thing. We've got to be, right? And maybe sometimes what we need um, not me, because I take my base on vacation. <laughs> but, but, but maybe what you need is just a breather, right? And sometimes that that absence makes the heart grow fonder thing is also really true. That you don't always have to be in the shed. Do we, Scott, do we always have to be in the shed? I think it depends on who you are as a person. Yes. yes. I think it depends on who you are. I think it's a, a lot about self-discovery. I think that some people need shouted at and some people don't. I, I as you were talking about this, I was thinking about like what 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 other people like what do people need? Mm. Why do some people gravitate towards certain characters online and some people gravitate towards other characters yeah. online? It's because they need that. They need whatever they are, you know, selling whatever promoting. they're selling. Yeah. Whatever they're selling, yeah. in not in in not that, and I don't mean in kind of sort of like in a monetary way. I mean sort of like the 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 concepts, the the life. You know, you know what I'm of saying. Of course, you know, that, yes, the thing that their values are right. They need that. Yeah, You're drawn to different people. Like we all need, need these values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's like there's a lot of self discovery. I think that anybody can be motivated. I think that I want to. I just want to put that on there. I think understanding that motivation is sort of like a secondary thing i think that anybody can be motivated i think that it's about finding what will do that for you is it this is it that is it and i think that maybe the um maybe the journey there is just to experiment with different things yeah and to just really not judge it not say boy, I'm finding that this particular thing isn't motivating me and I feel bad because all my friends think it should. Get rid of that crap. Know thyself. Yeah, for sure. Be okay to feel excited about the stuff that you're excited about. And, and you know, and then, but you have to do the work to look for that, right? 
And man, again, I just love that idea of throw yourself into the deep end. Boy, that's great. And I think too, so if you're in a spot where like, oh, it's COVID and you know, I can't really go join a band and play in the bars or whatever it is, do it online. I'm constantly, I get DM'd. I bet you do all the time. I get DM'd all the time where people say, oh, how do I do this? How do I play on more stuff? How do I build this thing? How do I have career? And then I look at their Instagram and they've posted five times. And they've had the account for five years. And I say, are you kidding? This is a place that, you know, back to our first conversation about social media. I mean, there is a real opportunity too, where like, if you're thinking you want to throw yourself into something scary, um, and it doesn't need to be scary, but if you haven't posted, start posting, start documenting your journey through this language of music and see what see what that does. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to go out and just join a, an Afro-Cuban band and get your butt kicked at learning how to play tombaos. You know, like may, maybe it's maybe it's putting up a, a, your practice regimen. Um, you know, every yeah. uh, uh, every day on Instagram and and creating a community around learning. You know, coming up with people that are in a similar space to you. And um, I think there can be a lot of ways to throw yourself in the deep end. And I think that social media is actually a really good one that you can choose. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Just, I love the idea about um, putting your practice regime on, you know, Instagram or wherever, but sort of like publicly posting about it. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, here's what, here's what I'm finding is working great. Here's what, here's what I'm finding is not work. That's not working great. And, um, yeah, like something else I was thinking about when you were, when you were speaking there as well is the difference between, um, short term and long term and taking it back to when you were talking about Emily going to Taekwondo, was it Taekwondo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it said on the wall, it was like, this is forever. Yes. And I think that if, if you're in a funk and you're deep feeling demotivated, well, if it's forever, it's psychologically a di- that will be a different feel. If you're like, oh well, I'm in this forever, and I'm in this funk, and I'm not feeling, mm-hmm. you know, the fire, you will that will feel different to if you are if you've got a different view of what what you're in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's like, is this a one or a two year or five year thing? You're just you're dipping your toe in the water. Yeah. Like I'm not feeling motivated. It's going to play out in different ways. I heard. I don't want to butcher it. Um, but I heard somebody talk about this a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about the, <laughs> you are going to be, you can be like, where the fuck? No, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm pumped. Right. They were talking about, they were talking about, they were actually talking about, so it's into the concept or it's just, yeah, I need to give you context, right? Yeah. So the context is they were speaking about winning and losing, right? Yep. And the guy was like, if you can do it for long enough, you win the end. Yeah. He was like, it's just, it's about just having the, um, just the, 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 not the motivation, but just having the mindset to be in it for the long haul. Like in like showing up, there, right? Showing there up. is no end. Yeah. There is no end. And he had great examples of when, when this has happened, but the one that stuck out to me that was most interesting was actually, and this is where I was like, you're going to think, where's he going with this? was the Vietnam War. Mm. I was like, and he meant, he was, I was like, where's he going with this? Mm. Like, like the Vietnam War. And he said for the Americans, he said it was 
we need to go in and we've got a goal. It needs to happen in this time mm. and we're going to try and make it happen. And there was like a huge, and I know nothing about the Vietnam War. So if anybody's thinking, you don't know anything. <laughs> no, I don't know anything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just I'm just telling the story of yeah, how yeah, yeah, talking yeah. this guy. But he was like, they had a deadline. Obviously, the deadline was the budget, you know, and they tried to make whatever happen in a certain amount of time. He said, the Vietnamese, they had no, it was it was the opposite. Yes. For those guys, they were just like, how long can we draw this out for? That was their strategy. Like, mm. can we make this last 20 years? You know? Wow. And, and that's what, I, yeah, and the way that he spoke, and he knew kind of like some very gr amazing statistics around what happened. And I was like, wow. Because <laughs> he said like the, 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 the force of obviously the American military and, the, and, the, and on the Vietnamese side, there was nothing. Of course. You know, but, but the strategies were completely different. And he was talking from, it on a, from a strategic point of view. Mm. If you are in it just for the long haul yeah there's no losing you almost the game completely changes of course it just completely changes right and it kind of like listen i've probably butchered the um the message here but hopefully somebody will be able to pull something out of it his his point was that it just completely changes that if you are looking for motivation to 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 keep on going until the end of the year, or maybe I'll maybe I'll do this for a couple of years, or whatever. But if you are in it, if if this is a lifestyle, if you mm -hmm. are like I am a musician for life, then it changes the it just changes everything. It changes the complete strategy oh, of it. I mean, I I agree with that. Resonates with me so much that I know that I have self sabotaged myself because I want things to go longer. <laughs> like I know oh that, really yeah I, I mean sometimes like just the discovery of things or like working on specific shapes it's not so much that like oh I um I don't want to work on it and I'm feeling lazy it's kind of like oh I still want there to be things to discover so you know I'm gonna like really work on just one thing today I'm not gonna try to get through all of them because I really am excited then the next day to move on to the next little piece. Uh, like I talk in student focus to people so much about bar by bar, every bar is a masterpiece. Like I feel that way about yeah. certain yeah. tunes. Like I feel that way about the unison line in Sir Duke. Boom. You take that bar and you repeat it. It is a dope bass line. That one bar is a masterpiece. The second bar. You know, like it's, it's incredible. And so what's the hurry? Don't try to cram and play the whole thing poorly busted into small yeah. bite-sized incredible pieces and zoom in the macro your macro lens right get close to it understand that yeah. each bar is so worthy of study but that's really from a long game mindset i understand that um like yeah. i love the way you said this ab about the two different like strategies of the vietnam war i mean i'm really the strategy in this thing. is completely yes, different completely yeah. different whereas the u.s is like let's go in uh, objective a b and c let's complete these things and that's why it wasn't successful right because the other team was playing the long game <laughs> and i think it, it just completely different yeah yeah and i think then um with music Playing the long game, if you're in it, if it is a lifestyle, oh, what's the hurry? How delightful to work on that one bar. And then the next day you get to work on the next bar because this whole thing should just be expansive. 
<laughs> and it should yeah. be about I, the, the whole life of learning. I mean, and but that's you know that's from a, a pretty obsessive place. I not I know that not everybody <laughs> feels that way, but I really hey, man, think honestly, it's the way. Well, when you when you were saying that, I had a great classical guitar teacher. Yeah, I, I only. Like, I studied classical guitar with three people. One of them was so great. Hmm. But actually, all of them were exactly the same. And anybody who studied classical music or a, a, an instrument and just played, like, classical stuff on that instrument and studied with a teacher doing that stuff will know exactly. It's very different to how, um, like, bass or rock guitar or whatever is, is taught. In classical, dude, it is bar by bar. Yes. In fact... It's note by note. It's because when I can remember like sitting down and I'd look, you know, open up this piece of music or whatever. Um, and just for context as well, I did classical guitar for, I don't know, like, you know, I, well, you know, got grade eight and stuff like that and yeah. you know, did it for whatever. Wow. You, you guys don't do the grades, do you? So, But I, I know um, that, that that's high level, right? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like it's university level. So I, yep. it's university level, basically. So... Um, I can remember like opening these really hard pieces of music and, and, and just to put, so like a really hard piece of music might be, you are going to play eight minutes of solo classical guitar. Yeah. Like just imagine like playing eight minutes God. of solo bass. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Oh, Ooh, that's God, a long time. Kill me now. That'd be so hard. It'd <laughs> yeah. be so hard. Right, right. Right. So eight minutes of written classical guitar. Oof. And I can remember just thinking like even being like three bars in and just like, even less than that, and just thinking, I can't play this. Right. Even like, t I can't play the first bar. Right. Just like, I'm like, oh, God, this is, <laughs> it feels all wrong. Yes. Oh, it's, but the way that they teach it is exactly like that. Okay, we're going to take the first four bars and we're just yeah. going to focus on that. And, and right. so you're working on these first four bars, going bar by bar, making sure that everything's dialed in. Then it's the next four bars. And, it, and then you just go through this process. And then yeah. lo and behold, in like two or three months, you can play this thing that you never thought possible, that you couldn't even play the first few bars. It, it's just yes. a completely different work. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a different way of working. So when you said... You go bar by bar. I was like, oh, yeah, bar by bar. That's exactly because I do that now. Like, I do that if I'm yeah. working, if I'm trying to work out something hard, I'm just like, because classical guitar was really the first thing I did, um, yep. it, it's it's what I fall back on. I'm just like, okay, I know how to do this. When, when, when something's sure. impossible, I know how to do this. I know yeah. that it's not impossible. I just know that I need yeah. to go through this process of doing it bar by bar. For sure. And the thing for me, I'm sure you do this too, is like, I'll grab one of those pieces and then just make it its own groove. And and I imagine every time with those bars, yeah. what if this were the ostinato baseline for a song? I would learn it. I would memorize it. Like it wouldn't, and it wouldn't be hard. If you go bar by bar, it's not hard because you're, you know, if you memorize any ostinato figure that you're playing for any tune, you play that all night in a, you know, in a band or whatever. You just have to think about it that way, right? That like each bar, it could just be its own baseline. And then you start to string those things together. And I, man, I used to teach at this school and there was a classical guitar teacher there named Jeff Warren. Jeff, if you're out there, he was, he was so wonderful. Um, and just, consummate, like graceful, incredible guy and teacher. And he did a thing with his students on certain pieces where he would start with the last bar 
Did you ever do this and work his way backwards through a piece? He said, because what happened a lot would be that you would work on the first four bars and then you'd get eight bars. And then your maybe your practice would sort of fall off and then the middle of the piece was a nightmare. And then you'd <laughs> kind of maybe finish before, it yeah. strong yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that he yeah. said, if you learned it backwards, what happened is you had all this incredible muscle and brain memory around the end of the piece. And actually then as you went through, it built confidence. So like as you were going through the piece, it would build this sense of like, oh, I... Like you would get more empowered as you went through it. Now, if you you had to make it through the beginning, <laughs> but, but yeah, 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 more familiarity with the end. And he said there are a lot of people that would would struggle, you know, in the middle sections or the end of a piece. I've never done that, but have been very intrigued by that. Of like, start with the end and move backwards, and then as you go, you just are like, oh, I know this. You know, that's kind of cool. yeah. Like I, I've. I've never done that, but I can definitely, I can imagine that approach or some different approaches to doing it because I've definitely suffered from the symptoms that he's talking about. Yes. So I've been like, yeah, that first, like, you know, however many bars, that first minute of the tune, yep. I've nailed it. Yeah. But when it goes to this B section, like, what's it called? A stew? There's a great, a great, um, a great classical guitar player called Asturias. And I can remember, I can remember learning that. It's actually the Doors use this as well mm. for one of their tracks. They use the 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 intro or oh, cool. kind of like similar thing. Yeah, they use Asturias to the uh, to the intro track to one of the Doors Doors tunes. And I can remember like learning this piece and as it went to the B section. It was a monster. <laughs> and I'd nailed I'd nailed sort of like the first like minute or minute thirty, and then it went to this other set. I was like, what is this all about? <laughs> And then to keep the same groove. Yeah. So it was this this really fantastic rhythm, you know, real straight, fantastic rhythm. And then it went to this other section and the rhythm stayed the same, but it from a technical standpoint, just it was like two times or three times as Harder, hard. Yeah. But there was but the same, but the ostinato stayed the same. Oh wow. So there was like this this similar ostinato. But like three times the notes. Crazy. It was. I can remember just being like, oh, but but exactly, yeah. So my point is, I've definitely suffered from that. Like I got through it and I learned it, but it was it was hard because you, what what happens is you have to start ignoring sections of the tune, right? You're like, right, I've got the intro down. Now I'm just going to have to do this, you know, this section here to like a minute thirty into like three yep. minutes thirty or whatever. Then you practice the heck out of that. Then you're like, okay. Now I'm going to go back to the intro. Oh, now I can't do that so well. So it's it's such a different different um, skill set yeah. and experience than to learn in the stuff that we play, right? It's, oh, it's so yeah, true. It's, and I right. think too, I see so many students that are just like, oh man, I need to learn this song, you know, today. Or I need to, you know, oh, if I'm not going to play the whole thing, then I, it's like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Just break it up, break it up and playing bits of it really, really well will be so much better for you than playing the whole thing shitty. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So, like that happens a lot, doesn't it? You see, you'll have seen it when people just play an entire track, just pretty crap. <laughs> I mean, and you're just like, yeah. oh, they haven't, and, and it's not their fault. They just haven't, no, nobody said, oh, by the way, yeah. 
it's it's you know i understand you want to play it but it's really important just to go bar 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 and just like nail it down yeah and yeah and you can hear it when you see you also see players that have done that where like they'll have a one bit licked and then they'll move into this other section and they're sort of like stumbling a bit and that's cool you know because yeah. we all do that and that's uh it's the yeah, process of, course, of learning of course yes Dude, should we call it? I, I need to call it. My wife is going to be like, my wife's going to kick in my ass. And I said right at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, she is grumpy. She, oh, I love, I love her so much, but she's so ill oh, at the minute. Lisa. And so much snot. She's, uh, do you know what we should do? We should do a podcast on Lisa one time. She's really oh, great, you know, sure. my wife. She's, oh. if, if it wasn't for her, there wouldn't be any SPL because Dude, I when I was to, getting I need to the to ground, get to know Lisa, she man. was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's cool, man. And she's really talented as well. She's a great singer. Oh, like, so cool. Really great. She asks, actually sounds like Diana Ross. That's what? like how she sounds. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, man. Well, that's incredible. And she looks nothing like Diana Ross. She, <laughs> she sounds like, she's just got such a killer voice. Wow. And, um, yeah, but she's, she can't, she's home. We're homeschooling the kids and stuff. She went to a gig the other night. And she got back at like midnight. I'm in bed. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I heard her come in, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, really? <laughs> anyway, she comes into the bedroom. Bedroom light comes on. I'm like, it is midnight. Like, come on, babe. I need to I need to start gigging again. I'm like, I oh, know, you need to start gigging again. But I, I, I'm going to do some videos with her. I really want to do oh, a video just where she's singing and stuff like that. You got to. Right. You should do some duet music with her. Where you're playing bass. I know, yeah. Do the Andres. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That'd no, I really so should. Cool. How is that thing? Oh, oh, I want to ask about you and Cara, but oh, let's yeah. do that. Let's do that next time. Yeah, for sure. you've been sure. doing the duo stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah man. Very, it. very influenced by Andres, man. But yes, another time. It's all good. It's a lifelong journey, Scott Devine. We're going to do this again. <laughs> we're in it for life dude guys yeah. thanks so much for listening if you have not if you've not checked us out on spotify we're there we're there we're on spotify now you actually might be listening to us on spotify somebody's going like dude i'm, I'm listening to you uh, guys on spotify we're on spotify on itunes leave us a review in all of the places it will really help us and just you know if you're on instagram as well give us a shout out Please. Like, I've, you know, we've seen people sort of like, you know, posting about the podcast. That'd be amazing if you do so. And uh, tag us and then we'll give you a shout back as well. That'd be wicked. Anyway, dudes, from me, see you later. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.